0: There's always a level of risk that you may lose it. So please, if if this is your last 50 grand or last 100 grand, you should not be investing it. You shouldn't be scrapping your savings to invest in real estate.
1: Are you ready to change your life? Welcome to the Multifamily Investor Ladies Podcast, sponsored by Freedom Capital Investments. Your host, Linda Brooks, is a dynamic multifamily investor syndicator with a portfolio valued at over 20 million and growing join her on her journey as she shows you it's never too late to get started in multifamily real estate investing, and she'll show you how to do it successfully as a passive investor. And now here is your host, Linda
2: Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Multifamily Investor Ladies podcast. I'm Linda Brooks, your host, and I'm so glad you've tuned in today. I also want to thank and commend you for making the all important decision to learn more about how to become an educated passive investor in the commercial real estate market. Well, today we have with us Ms. Jenny Gu. Jenny is a managing partner at Vertical Street Ventures, which was established to help individuals achieve their financial goals through passive investing in real estate. As one of the founders of this organization, she currently oversees asset management and investor relations. To date, Jenny has acquired a portfolio of over 1,000 units across Arizona, Texas, and Georgia. Congratulations and welcome.
0: Thanks, Linda. Happy to be here.
2: So glad to have you. We've had an opportunity to chat a little bit and learn more about what you do. So how did you get into the multifamily real estate investing space? And then we'll start talking about some more other topics that we considered.
0: Sure. Yeah. My husband and I, we both at the time worked for the same company, Procter & Gamble. And we were so heavily invested in stocks and profit sharing. We knew we wanted to diversify And so just meeting the right people, talking to the right folks, we landed on real estate investing, starting with single family homes, actually. And I'm sure like many of you are listeners out there, learning about single families was great and we did well. We wanted to scale bigger, faster. And so we started learning about multifamily and then just went from there. So really liked it to the point and believed in the model to the point that I left my corporate job before even purchasing a single multifamily unit. And yeah, 18 months later, we're over actually close to 1,400 units now and it's accelerating. So it's been great so far.
2: Yeah, you guys are definitely moving and shaking over 1,400 units in 18 months. Now, are you still with Procter & Gamble or are you in real estate full time?
0: Full time. So I actually left my corporate job in February of 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic, which was probably not... Looking back, probably not the right time, but you know what? Everything worked out in the end and I couldn't have been happier with my decision and my progression since then.
2: I mean, realistically, right? When is the perfect time? So that time for you was the perfect time. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So now that you're in real estate investing full-time, heavily focused on multifamily, Talk a little bit about, it says that you're responsible for investor relations. I'd like for us to talk about that a little bit, particularly how you attain your investors, how you manage those relationships, but most importantly, how you manage their expectations when they invest in one of your deals.
0: Yeah, my partner, Steve, and I started this company back in January of this year, and we are considering ourselves a startup right we wear multiple hats we all raise capital and we manage our investors and you know there's a variety of different ways we accumulated our database so if you look at our database today we have over 3300 folks in our email database and that's an accumulation of one harnessing our corporate networks so i had a huge and broad network at png that i've been working to establish and educate them on real estate We both have a network of family and friends that we've tapped into. But really what's accelerated that network has been to share other people's stages. So what I mean by that is joining podcasts like these and sharing our story. We've driven a lot of traffic to our website because people are curious and want to learn more about us and what we do. And the avenue we have is we have a monthly meetup. And one of the I don't know if you would call it a blessing, but one of the positive things of COVID is that a lot of things went virtual. And so our platform for these monthly meetups were on Zoom. And we were actually able to meet hundreds of people across the country because of that. And that has also expanded our network within our platforms as well.
2: Yeah, Zoom, although given the circumstances, but Zoom has proven to provide access to resources and investment opportunities outside of our backyard, which is generally where you go if you're going for in-person events. So kudos, kudos. What have you seen has been the expectations of some of your investors?
0: Yeah, the thing with real estate investing and what I found too, I think you and I mentioned this earlier was the difference is when you invest your money into the stock or I say the cloud, because you kind of put your money somewhere, you don't really know where it goes and you hope and pray that it's going to generate returns. There's certain level of trust. You expect a certain thing and maybe you'll get it. But with real estate, what I found is because we're communicating with investors one-on-one and we are having conversations with them, we're getting to know them. There's actually an even heightened level of expectation because you've established trust and they almost, I wouldn't say demand or expect that level of return, but you they kind of do. And it's hard to explain to our investors that every time you invest your money, there's still the same amount of risk. There's no guarantees in any type of investment. Otherwise, we'd all be bazillionaires if that weren't the case, (laughs) if that was the case. But really they expect this and I have to kind of ground them again and say, look, any investment that you put in, it's not guaranteed. There's always a level of risk that you may lose it. So please, if, if this is your last 50 grand or last 100 grand, you should not be investing it. You shouldn't be scrapping your savings to invest in, in real estate.
2: Yeah. And how are those conversations received? Are they well received? Are they like, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to go ahead and invest anyway.
0: I would say 90% of the time they say, you know what? You're right. That's absolutely right. They'll ask me, what's my biggest risk? And I say, your investment. <laughs> you, know, you lose your investment. We as the sponsors, we carry the burden of the risk with a property and with signing on the loan, but you as a limited partner, the most you'll lose is what you put in there. The other 10% are kind of a little bit shocked, I guess. And part of that is because they're not as educated on investing as what we normally would see with our investors. So there's a pool of people who just need a little bit more education and, and more experience in terms of financial investments.
2: Education, education, education. That's what we hammer home here. What would you say is your ideal investor? That's a good question. The ideal or who
0: we target when we're out there speaking to most folks, we resonate the most with folks who are like us. This is where Steve and I complement each other really well is because we attract two different sets of investors. Mm. For me, we both come from corporate backgrounds. So we both attract corporate folks more or less. For me, my niche is a little bit more the busy parent who's got young kids, younger kids, I should say, who want to start establishing generational wealth to pass along. They're successful W-2 workers. Maybe they're traveling a lot for work, so on and so forth, but they want that extra cushion or extra freedom so that they can spend more time with their kids, right, in their family. And then for Steve, my partner, in his 50s, he attracts, again, also the successful corporate career male or female. But with his network, he has a lot more folks that have older kids or later stage in the game where they have actually many millions of dollars to invest and they just never learned about real estate. So now they're in the highest tax bracket. They want to continue to diversify and they want to keep more of what they earn. And so that's kind of how we balance each other out in terms of who we attract in terms of, I wouldn't call them necessarily ideal. It's just who we happen to connect and resonate the most with.
2: Makes total sense. Have you ever had an experience where there was an investor that invested in one of your opportunities and a few months down the line, you were like, oh, this is not an investor that we'd want to invest in one of our deals in the future. (laughs) And if so, how did you manage that?
0: Yeah, we haven't gotten to that stage yet, but I have pulled investors out before we've taken their money. Mm. So those aren't the most fun conversations. And what really came about is it's a two-way street. So people interview us, making sure we are the right partnership, right sponsorship team. Do they trust us? Check, check, check. Hopefully all of that is true. At the same time, as we're getting to know investors also, we want to make sure we're finding the right deals for them, making sure it's a good fit for them, for us to partner with because it's a marriage, right? It's not a dating relationship. You're married for them for five years, more or less. And so one particular investor, we just didn't see eye to eye in terms of how this property was going to be run and how the operating agreement even was put together. And so I had the difficult conversation of, hey, I really appreciate your interest in the property. Just from a business standpoint, this doesn't seem like it's the right fit for us to partner. I'm going to pause on your investment and hopefully we can partner again in the future on other opportunities. And it was fine. It went well. And I think you get a lot more respect when you have that conversation up front versus tabling it, letting them in, and then having that even more difficult conversation in the future. So if you can try to prevent it, and that's why it's so important to get to know your investors upfront.
2: I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I can't imagine having to have that conversation later, especially, you know, you always have that gut feeling that something's just not right with a particular event, investor, opportunity, but we don't trust our gut and we go with it anyway. So kudos to you for having the conversation up front. What advice would you have for the aspiring investor in multifamily? They want, they've heard about it, they want to invest, but they're not really sure where to get started or where to go and who to talk to. What advice would you have for that person?
0: You said this earlier, education, right? It is a lot of, there's so much information out there and you can absolutely figure out it on your own, but why when there's so many resources? So there's books, there's podcasts like yours, investors should be listening to. Finding a coach or a mentor is really important. But really do your diligence. So I tell a lot of newer investors this because they'll come to me and they'll say, hey, how do I know where to invest or who to invest with? And I always tell them, if you look at any deal, you've underwritten a lot of deals, Linda, you know, all the numbers are the same, Mm -hmm. right? So your cash on cash is 8 to 10%. Multipliers are 1.8 to 2X multipliers. So if everybody's numbers are the same, how do you know who to go with or what market to pick? And so I always tell our investors, it's really, you're actually picking the sponsorship team. You're not necessarily making your decision on just the investment itself, because a great investment property can be squashed by a horrible management team. So really, the key questions, once you are educated and find what you're looking for, is to vet out the leadership team, the sponsors.
2: Agreed. Thank you. How can our listeners get in touch with you, Jenny?
0: Sure. You can find us on our website. It's verticalstreetventures.com. Reach out to us. We're on social media. We love meeting new folks. And again, getting to know investors and helping. If you guys just have questions on learning more about real estate, I always, hopefully you can tell, love talking about real estate investing.
2: Excellent. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for your time with us today. I mean, Vertical Street Ventures is doing exactly what its name says you guys are going straight up so congratulations and we appreciate all of the insight that you shared with us today and i tell you what if uh, the first two listeners that contact me on our website multifamilyinvestorladies.com and you mentioned how much you love the episode with jenny from vertical street ventures we'll send you a free gift Now, what's your favorite educational tool? Is there a book that you like the most? Because that's what I'd like to send to that listener as a free gift.
0: Oh, my gosh. I just read this awesome book that I've been recommending to everybody. It's a book called Who Not How by Dan Sullivan.
2: I read it. Excellent resource. Contact me on the website, multifamilyinvestorladies.com. Mention Jenny and Vertical Street Ventures, and I'll send you a copy of Who Not How, and you won't be disappointed. Thanks so much again, Jenny. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you all for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go ahead and give us a five-star rating on your favorite listening platform. And if you like what you hear, find it helpful and want to learn more, go ahead and hit subscribe. To learn more about investment opportunities and join the Multifamily Investor Ladies community, visit us on our website at multifamilyinvestorladies.com. And remember, it's never too late to get started in multifamily real estate investing with the Multifamily Investor Ladies. Thanks a Mill for listening.
1: For more information about today's episode, learn more about passive multifamily real estate investing, or to reach Linda directly, visit us on the web at multifamilyinvestorladies.com. Thanks a mil for joining the Multifamily Investor Ladies Podcast, sponsored by Freedom Capital Investments. Your host, Linda Brooks, reminds you it's never too late to get started on your multifamily real estate investment journey, and she'll show you how to do it successfully as a passive investor. We'll see you next time.